No matter in life what you try to do, you're dead too. Hello, and welcome to You're Dead Too, the podcast about our shared inevitable demise. I am your host, John Toyson, and this week on the program, I am back to my usual tricks. I have Don Cameron on as a guest to talk about growing up in Canada and what in the world happened to him there. I had brought down down to the basement to record an episode, kind of not knowing what we were going to talk about. Um, he's just a very cool person and an old friend that I've known for a decade plus, so it was not a concern at all about just having a freewheeling conversation, but the stuff that we get into, holy cow. Uh, if you are in any way trepidatious about the paranormal or... Uh, you know, if it's dark out where you are and you don't want to have problems sleeping, maybe don't listen because Don shares some of the spookiest stuff we've had on the podcast, and it was amazing to sit here and <laughs> look him in the eye as he talked about this stuff because, whoo, wow. Yeah, okay, so very cool stuff from Don. Very happy to have him on the podcast. Before we get into it, I wanted to say Thank you, everyone, for not freaking out about me taking a bit of a break over the month of July just to have some time to recoup, recalibrate, and kind of re, uh, you know, refocus my aim towards what I want to be doing with this and making sure that I'm giving the best content possible. So I really appreciate that there was not really any negative uh, feedback on doing that. And hopefully you can hear the difference in what it sounds like having had some time off to do this. Additionally, if you've got questions, comments, feedback, concerns, please let me know. Uh, send an email to yourdead2 at gmail.com or reach out to me at yourdead2 on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, happy to talk, happy to take thoughts, happy to uh, engage however we can and make sure that more people are hearing about this because this is really, for me, it's fun. For others, I think it might be kind of morbid, but hopefully there's some benefit there. So I'm always, I'm always grateful that anybody would take the time to listen. And if this is your first time joining us, Take a look at the back catalog because there's some really cool stuff there that I'm really proud of and some really cool stories that people have shared about their experiences with death and dying and our inevitable demise. So without further ado, I'll give you Don Cameron and buckle in, guys. It gets crazy. <laughs> You've been practicing. <laughs> got a two-year-old. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. That's what I do. That's okay, awesome. so uh, we're already up and rolling. Do you have a hard out? I mean, I want to keep time-sensitive, minding full no, of your schedule and getting no. back to downtown. Well, maybe like nine or ten. Or oh, my God, Don. Yeah, unless we got on an amazing roll, <laughs> okay. we'll have you out of here well before then. But uh, welcome. Say hello. Hello. Uh, my name is Don, and I'm excited to be here, not really knowing what to expect as we move forward here in the next hour, half hour, whatever, but um, I'm excited to just talk about whatever we're talking about. Yeah. Life, Th death. Thank you for coming. I appreciate it. This is kind of, uh, some of the people that I've had on have been more like, oh man, do I need to do homework and like read up on this stuff? And like, well, if you want to, that's how you can approach it. But like, you're somebody who was very open to doing this without talking a great deal about what we're doing beforehand, which is very cool. Gives us a fresh perspective because you and I have known each other now for... Longer. At least 10 years, right? At least, yeah. I mean, because you've been in... I've been with... Uh, I think you joined the family kind of around when I did. You were fresh to the team when I yeah. started dating EB. That's right. I remember when you were newly... Yeah. Yeah. So that's... My gosh. Well, I've been with them 18 years. So it's probably wow. 15, 16. 
Yeah. Long time. Um, you were just a fresh-faced kid out of college when, yes. I mean. That's right. So how long have you lived in Minneapolis then? You grew up in, on the Canadian border, right? Yep, small town in Canada called Fort Francis in Ontario. It's a border town with Minnesota. Uh, on the other side of the border, on the Minnesota side, is International Falls. Another small town. They're kind of like twin towns. They're very similar in a lot of ways. You went from there to the Twin Cities just kind of as a natural, like, well, I see what works up here. I'm going to go down here. <laughs> yeah. Well, first, my mom, my mom, we lived, my parents divorced when I was in third grade. And in Canada, we would say grade three. Ah. <laughs> but uh, then um, when I was in fifth grade, my mom met my stepdad who lived in northern Minnesota on Lake Cabotogama. Okay. And um, they got married, and we moved over to uh, the other side. Lake Cabotoga was about a half hour from International Falls. So um, it's up there near the border, too, and I was only about a half hour away from my dad, who's still in Canada. And so it wasn't a huge change. But then after moving to, I finished high school in International Falls, and then college just seemed to be, or well, I always knew that I wanted to be in a bigger city growing up up there. And uh, the logical thing for me was U of M. It's a, in Minneapolis, you know, bigger city in, in Minnesota. And Huge school here. It's a, you know, yeah. it's a mainstay. I would have drowned if I, went to Minne- if I went to the U of M. Like, it's just way too big for me coming from a small <laughs> town as well. I'm surprised you could handle that coming from way up north. You know, I was... I just always knew that was going to happen. I always knew that I was going to move to a different place um, with more people. Growing up, I just always knew it. And um, I didn't even, I don't even think I applied anywhere else. Oh, really? I, that was my goal was to, to I, the thought of it was exciting and, and I was accepted and I went there and it was really exciting time. And I love it here. I'm still here. Probably not going to go anywhere. I, this is my home now, and I mean, I still get up north quite a bit. Yeah, you got to visit your family. That's what you do, right? Yeah. So, but this is my home. And you are now naturalized. You are an American citizen. Not to put your business out on Front Street, but like, you are. Yes. You've got the paperwork. You're. It took me a while because I came here in 1993. Is when I moved to the states. And I was 16 years old, and it wasn't, you know, I was a permanent resident was my status. So um, I had a green card. And the only difference, I mean, it was pretty much the same. I mean, I pay the same taxes, you know, through my W-2 at work, and I have a Social Security number. The only difference is that I couldn't vote. Uh, Pretty much. There might be other minor differences, too, but that was kind of the bigger one. Mm -hmm. And when... um, Hillary Clinton was running for president. That was my... Which time? <laughs> <laughs> the 2016 election. Or, no, what, yeah. what was it? 2016? It seems yeah, ancient yeah. history and my both God. yesterday. That Wow, that was that many, three years? Seriously. Um, but I, I, that was my motivation. I really wanted to be able to vote in that election. And so I started the process about a year before that election to get my status or my citizenship. And it was about six months total for me. I didn't have any hiccups. So that was, that was good. But I was really excited. That was a fun, the whole process I thought was fun. That's very cool. Yeah. I remember when that was happening 
there was a lot of talk of like the things that you would learn for the test that you would do. EB would come home and ask like, so here's what Don's studying. And do you think you can answer these questions? And it, it quickly became like, oh, oh no, this is stuff <laughs> that we did, we've forgotten since our basic like civics classes of, oh, okay, so there's, there's how many there's nine judges and then there right they, yes it became and intense for me it was fun because i didn't really know i mean i had some i had more canadian history which is totally different than u.s history yeah and so for me it was fun to kind of learn about the history of the country and memorize some of those things some of the questions i don't think even normal people would would know the answers to but the good thing about that test is you know what all the questions are beforehand so you can study them and remember and then they only test you on 10 questions that you have to answer verbally in English. Ah, and interesting. So, but, uh, but I got to know them all, and it was, it was really neat. Well, <laughs> and then on top of that, this wasn't a massive cultural shift from you coming from super southern Canada to northern U.S. Like, Minnesota right. is just not too paint with too broad of a brush for our Canadian listeners or our American listeners, but Minnesota oftentimes is Canada light <laughs> or yeah. like oh, totally. Canada is the ideas of the U.S. put in place in a practical way that actually works for everybody. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not a huge jump like if you were coming from Liberia or no, exactly. uh, Thailand, you know, this was the culture shock wasn't so significant. Absolutely. And I remember sitting in the immigration offices because you have several appointments you have to go to for fingerprints and for interviews and and I remember sitting in there thinking, my gosh, you know, this is probably so much harder for some of these other people in here than it is for me, you know, to struggle with learning English. And then most of the uh, people who didn't speak English had immigration attorneys with them. And I felt really lucky because, you know, for me, I could just go online and read the directions and yeah. and do it myself. And I'm sure that it's not that easy for everyone. So yeah. I felt really privileged. And that's one of the things that I really like about you too, is that you're just kind of inherently an empathetic person that you would be in that situation and look around and think, boy, I'm really lucky. This must be really tough for some people. Yes, like you're somebody I who's did. always well, willing to, you. yeah, you're always willing to help people out. Thank you. When you were growing up, were you exposed to much religion, either socially or like culturally from your parents? Was that part of your upraising or was that kind of a just, uh, just try not to be a jerk? It was, we did not have a lot, of, a lot of religion. I remember, <laughs> I remember one time when I was, I think in grade three, third grade, <laughs> um, that, uh, well, yeah, it was probably grade three. And my, my parents, when they were, they were still together, they weren't yet divorced and they decided to try this church that was fairly new in town. And my dad is terribly shy he's really shy and really and, and and he um so this was kind of a big step for him and for all of us we were like okay well this you know this is what we're going to do now and we went and I remember our first day there I think that maybe the pastor had met my mom or my parents together at some point downtown in town Fort Francis sure and and you know talked to them and said hey you should come in and we tried it and the first day that we went there, the pastor brought us all up on the stage oh. to introduce us to the congregation. And my dad was just, he was so awkward and he was just so um, terrified to be up there. And when we got home, <laughs> he said, that's that's the last time we're not going to do that anymore. So. <laughs> 
Well, but, I mean, in the pastor's defense, that may not have happened every time that you went to church, but <laughs> no. I can see why that would put your dad off of it, certainly from an initial standpoint. Yeah, it's not like, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, people who aren't so, so shy would have been fine, but for for our family at that time, it wasn't a match, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Was that anything that you sought out after the fact? Like, as you got older, did you see people having, like religious interaction of any kind or like you just pick it up through pop culture and does that have any curiosity you know i was i mean i was somewhat curious i about it and i i you know i knew just growing up uh, i knew of various you know beliefs and religions and and friends who had you know went to church nor regularly and um in fact i had one in high school who was really trying to to recruit me and to get me to go to her church mm. and um in fact they in international falls they had a radio station that was a christian radio station and this friend of mine she worked there on the weekends announcing and um you know would play uh, music and then do the newscast for like five minutes and I thought that was really cool and so she said well come and work and so I, I did it so I actually did that in high school for probably I don't know a year that's really cool I had no idea yeah so I um, I mean it wasn't like I was constantly talking on the radio I was too shy for that but um, but it was you know the hardest part for me was the five minute newscast that you had to say at noon mm. and and uh, so I would pre-record it because I was too nervous to do it live but it was kind of a fun thing but back to the religion I mean it was a Christian radio station and I really wasn't that involved in in any church and um, I remember what really put me off about the church, the particular church that this radio station was associated with and uh, and that my friend was associated with, um, during this time that I worked at that radio station, there was a, a man in the congregation, I can't remember his name, I, I wouldn't say it anyway, but he, um, it had been found out that he, has, he had been having an affair and he had two kids in high school that I knew that I went to school with. And uh, he had been having an affair with another man. And uh, the, the church, and keep in mind that the church service on Sundays was broadcast on that radio station. Sure. Wow. In okay. Just in town. Yeah. But they actually brought him up to the congregation during a service. This was on the air broadcast as well. And, and outed him and asked him how they could help him and uh, what that they were going to send him to a some sort of recovery camp or something <sighs> like that. And they passed it off as being, you know, we're, we're here to help you and we're here to... And they completely humiliated his kids, his wife, everybody. Yep. And it was horrifying to me that, that, that they would do that so publicly. And mm-hmm. so... That was the last time that I thought, I mean, that was the time when I finally, where, where I just said, no, I, this isn't for me. I'm not going to be involved in that kind of organization. Yeah, it just seems so 
I mean, for lack of a better term, judgmental. That's it's awful. It's just, yeah. Well, and I mean, I know that not all churches would, would do that, I hope. But, no. But, but for me, it was just another last straw. Of, this is why I don't want to be involved. You don't to try and mask that you're helping people and when in reality you're hurting them terribly. Publicly shaming them based on their own hang-ups. I mean, and from a young person's perspective, this is like if there was only one uh, sushi place in town growing up and you went there and you got sick and you think, well, maybe that was me and you go back and you get sick again you think, all right, that's it. I probably don't like sushi. Yeah. Until you get older and say, well, you know, there's probably other Japanese restaurants that I could try. Like, it's just, it's one iteration in one particular time, and... Yeah. No, I agree. This was, I agree. Tw- you know, 25, 26 years ago. That's Culture has come a long way, thankfully, but still, yes. that's... I mean, that and I know that that's not an example that for across the board for all religions and all no, churches no, at no. all, but... But I've seen many instances over the years that are, you know, similar to that kind of thing, and it's just... Not for me. Doesn't mean I'm not have my own beliefs about right and wrong and and what my own kind of spirituality for me what works for me and you know. But but that organized religion with people judging other people is is not something that I like to be a part of. No, it sounds like. And I might be making an assumption here, but from what you've said, that you had some interest in kind of spirituality and what those things mean as a young person, like getting into like late high school, early college. That's kind of when I've found in my conversations with people that they tend to look a little more into that stuff as you kind of get out of your own world and get out into the like the larger world where you're not just living in your area where you grew up and you're not surrounded by the same people. Was that a time for you to kind of explore that at all and get some more... I think, I mean, for me, I didn't... I guess I shouldn't say that I ruled it out religion or spirituality no, no. completely. But but it's always, you know, there's always... I still pray. I mean, maybe it's not to the same type of God that a church believes in or that whatever. I pray to what I believe in, and it's more of like the universe. Who I, I mean, I do believe that there is a higher something and and that we can be judged by our actions and right and wrong and i i mean i have a conscience and i think most people do too but um so yeah i mean i think over the years i've always had that like when i'm going through a really rough time i will i will pray i don't know who i'm i haven't defined like i don't have in my head an image of a, a man or, or a woman or anything like that. Yeah, it's, it's just not sort an of, old man on a cloud sitting somewhere. No, that's... no, it's more of just, you know, if anyone's listening, the universe, you know, please give me some help here. It's it's more, um, and, you know, I'm often thankful. I will, I will be taking a walk on a Sunday, and it's a beautiful day, and I will sit and just think, how you know thankful I am to the universe for giving us this gift of just being here and being able to experience. Like I remember being a kid when the first video games were coming out, and I remember this one called King's Quest that I used oh! to play. With. Do you remember this? <laughs> I know King's Quest. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. my gosh! Yeah. I mean, to me, it was like you're walking around in this kind of crazy, cool world in the woods in different, you know, mountains or whatever. 
and you interact with different characters. And I thought, this is so fun. I mean, I was probably fifth grade, yeah. grade five. <laughs> and, and I remember thinking, this is the coolest thing ever. And, you know, as I got older, I thought, that's what we have in life. We are doing this every day. We can go to the park and walk around and experience squirrels and animals and other things and other people. And I think that we need to appreciate that we are living in a really fun world. And, you it's know, it's fun as you want to make it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, what if we grew up on another planet? Things were completely different. And, you know, it wouldn't look anything like this. Would, wouldn't we miss this? Well, I guess it depends. But still, I mean, if you just think of it in that respect, I think that we're pretty, pretty lucky to be here. And that, again, is just you're a very grateful person. You're somebody who you see nice things and you think, I appreciate that. You know, you just I've known that you go for walks around the lake oh, yeah. when you've got, you know, and uh there was a time when a very aggressive bird attacked Evie <laughs> when oh she was out on a lunch break and she came back in, this bird swooped down and attacked me. And you instantly knew you were like, oh, is it a blah, 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 blah. like it was a blue jay, I think, that you were like, this is very territorial. And like, oh, yes, that was the, the red winged blackbird. OK, that's yeah, what yeah, they yeah. are territory. They yeah. sit on the tops of those reeds. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's uh, that's funny. Yes, <laughs> I remember that. Cool. And they attack things that are red as she they're... was wearing red. <laughs> that's funny. So as you kind of, it's interesting to hear you kind of found your way to a universality of like it's, and it's been interesting for me to find what I talk to people about praying and how they interpret that. Like um, Brett was just recently on and she she prays very, I think, pretty literally, you know, very, or not literally, but like in the more traditional sense of I don't think she kneels at the side of her bed and prays, but I think she she has more of a traditional structure to her prayers. Whereas I've had other people on talk about meditation and how that that's a form of prayer or um, this steady stream of profanity that I have going in my head while I sit in traffic and just like, uh, <laughs> sure, like yeah. it's you know commiseration. But uh, <laughs> you've kind of found your way to something that feels like you're going back to the source. Like there's a whatever this is, you don't claim to have the universal truth in your fist. You are more somebody who is seeing the world happening and thinking, I'm so glad to be here. I should try to have fun while I'm here and appreciate this and just occasionally go back and like touch the goal and just say, thank you. How about some guidance? Yes. And I'm going to go back about my day. I do. And and I do take a step back sometimes and think about that. And I think about, you know, we get so busy and crazy with with things, you know, just in life. But um, I think that, you know, I think it does help me to when to take a step back and think about those things once in a while. It makes you it makes life a lot more fun and easy to appreciate. And um, so, you know, I guess. If that's religion, then yeah, I guess I'm religious. But it's not the same type of definition that most people would have. Or maybe, I don't know. But. Yeah, it, it's what you want to make it. Yeah. So knowing that, what, and so here's where the turn comes. Don Cameron, what happens when we die? <laughs> Gosh, okay, well, I know something happens because, I mean, I don't know exactly, but I know something happens because there's a couple things that have happened to me growing up that, yes, that are, you know, can, that 
made me aware that there's something else going on um, in this world or in this life that that is maybe hidden or I don't know what it is. But uh, let's see, when I was, again, I grew up in a small town. We had, uh, my after my parents divorced, I was in grade five, uh, my mom, living with my mom in an apartment, and it was near the railroad tracks. And so, I mean, we got used to sleeping through the train, rumbling through town, and it was small town. And I think about it now, and I'm just like, gosh, that was really a fun time. I mean, just to to live in that time and I had friends in the block and we used to sneak out and you know <laughs> it wasn't bad stuff we were up to well maybe a little bit but it wasn't real bad <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyway so I remember being I had my bedroom was upstairs all of our bedrooms were upstairs my I was in one room my sister was right next to me in another bedroom and then my mom was down the hall in her bedroom and uh, the apartment, the apartment, the head, there was something odd about the apartment. The, there just was a feeling in there that was, it wasn't always, it was fine most of the time, but every once in a while there was just this feeling of uh, uncomfortable or maybe like you're being watched or um, weird things would sort of happen. Like when you're, I'd be in the shower and I would just feel like there was, something there or someone there and I'd like open the shower curtains and even open the bathroom door or be like I just always felt not always but sometimes this presence would I would feel it and it was continual enough that it was like there's that thing again what yes is that? yes and it was just a creepy feeling it was creepy and it was uh, it wasn't all the time though it was just sometimes you would experience this and it would come over and you'd feel it and also so we also we had a cat in the apartment and then there was, we had a f- phones in the house. There was a phone. And remember, this is before cell phones. So <laughs> I know. So we had a phone downstairs in the living room. And then there was a phone in my mom's bedroom. And then there was a phone in my bedroom. All the same line. Yes, all okay. the same line. And I remember um, it was that old, it wasn't the dial tone. It was the pulse. I don't know if you remember what that, like whenever you would, pick up the phone and hit a number on it it would go click 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 you know it would it, it would click oh, click click, yeah, click. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, yeah. I don't really understand what the difference is it's but it's kind of the middle ground between a rotary phone and then the digital phone like the touchtone digital phone it was kind of the the evolutionary step between those right yeah okay it was and it was really weird i don't know what the deal was with these phones but whenever somebody would pick up a phone in the house and dial out the other, my, the phone in my room and the phone in my mom's room would go click, 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 you know, it would do this clicking. And I just thought that was part of the pulse thing. And maybe it is, I don't know, but, uh, but this would always happen. Anyway, this was a regular thing in our house. Mm-hmm. So we always knew somebody's caught making a phone call somewhere in the house. I remember this happened a couple times when I was 12 in that bedroom. In the middle of the night, my mom would storm into my room and say, who are you calling? Who are you calling at this time of night? And I would be like, wake up thinking I'm not, I mean, telling her I'm not on the phone. I'm not calling anyone. What are you talking about? She's like, my phone is clicking. I know you're calling somebody. And she really thought that I was sneaking, calling somebody in the middle of the night. And and I wasn't. <laughs> I'm like, look at my eyes. I've been dead asleep and this sucks. Like and you've then, woken me yes, up. Yes. And it was, it was 
creepy and and um i think my mom didn't believe me at first that i wasn't making the call because then she would just go to bed and i would go back to sleep but then finally one night it happened and she really i she must have came in and saw that i was like actually sleeping and her phone was clicking. And so, yeah. And so she woke me up. This time she wasn't mad. She was terrified. And she said, Donnie, I, there's got to be somebody downstairs on the phone. There's got to be someone down there. The phone's clicking. And so we're both terrified. And we're so then, you know, she grabs a baseball bat and, um, I don't know. We didn't call the police yet. I guess we wanted to see if somebody was in the house first, but we like slowly crept down the stairs. Now my sister's asleep in her bedroom. We didn't wake her up because we didn't want her to be scared. Right. Why add another element to deal with in the right. scenario? Yeah. So we creep down the stairs slowly terrified. I remember we're both holding on to each other and it's dark and we didn't want to turn on any lights and, and we get down there and we peek around the corner and there's nobody there. It's pitch dark and it was just creepy and and so then um you know my it, it was it was hard i slept with my mom in her room that night because i couldn't it was scary and weird and yeah <laughs> and so and i think she was scared too i know she was and um so then you know a couple of weeks pass and we finally get back to used to everything going like normal and i get back into my bedroom and i'm sleeping and there had been other incidences, too, where my sister would wake me up and say, why are you walking outside my bedroom? Because she could hear footsteps outside her bedroom. And I would, she'd be waking me up telling me this. And I'd be like, There's, I was not doing that. And, and we didn't want to tell her that we thought, you know, something weird's going on. Everybody play cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we would just, uh, you know, we, my mom and I, she told me one day over breakfast after this was going on for a while, you know, let's just not tell Jamie anything about this. Let's, you know, um, it'll just be too scary. Well, I mean, it was scary for all of us. <laughs> Darn. But, Good God, this is a horror movie where you're having, like, adult conversations with your mom. Like, are we going <laughs> to tell your sister about the ghost? It was, no, we're it not. Was, but, I mean, what do you do? I mean, you can, what do you do? I mean, you can't, you can't call the police. I mean, You so. call a priest. <laughs> yeah, Get him so. in there, throw some sage and some holy water. Burn this place down. Oh and my move gosh! On. Yeah, I mean, and and I, you know, I was always even at that age into scary movies. I uh. I, I love scary <laughs> movies actually, but but I mean, I you know, I this really scared me. Yeah, but um, but I I did watch a lot of scary movies, so there was a lot of sleepless nights. But um, you know, you just ha you have to go to school. You have to get them. My mom would have to go to work, and and so we just continued. But I remember sort of the I think it was like the climax of this whole experience living in this apartment was I don't know maybe a month or two after the clicking on the phones thing and I um I remember I was I so I, I had bunk beds in my room and I also had a computer where I used to pay, play King's Quest right mm -hmm. and it was right across the room on the other side and 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 I could see, you know, the computer screen kind of reflected the room. So I could see 
things that were on the top bunk of 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 my bed and so one night <laughs> i um i'm sleeping and the hall light we we kept we decided we we're going to keep the hall light outside of all of our bedrooms on just because it was we were getting too my mom and i were getting too scared to sleep with it off right oh my god <laughs> so, so the hall light would shine into my room and you know light up you know, I, I would, I could, it, there was light enough in my bottom bunk and in the top bunk that I could kind of see the reflection of the top bunk. So I'm sleeping one night and I hear, I wake up because the cat is jumping around in my room, jumping on my computer desk and jumping back down and making noises. And it's kind of going crazy. It's like two in the morning and I am thinking, oh my God, here it is again. You know, here it is. I'm, I'm getting that feeling of something's here, but I just want it to go away. I don't want to deal with another night like that. So I, I, I turn, I turn around, not facing the hall, thinking, well, the cat's there. At least I felt some sort of comfort with the cat being in the room, I guess. I don't know. So I'm facing the wall. And keep in mind, again, the hall light shines into so I can see the wall. Uh-huh. In my bunk bed. Yeah, the light's the behind wall. you. You're facing the wall. Yes. You've got the light hitting the wall so you can, yep. it's illuminated. So Cat sort of has calmed down. And then all of a sudden I hear footsteps. Like, <sighs> I mean, you know, footsteps sounds like, like, yeah, like that. Like probably four footsteps. And <laughs> they're, you know, in my room. And I'm thinking... Maybe it's my mom. I don't know. So I'm terrified. Like I can barely move. I turn around and nothing's there. The cat's, the cat's there. There's nobody in the room, but there was footsteps, right? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so I'm still just like, maybe, maybe it'll go away. I don't know. So I turn back around and I face the wall. And then I see the shadow of a man walking into my room on the wall and the shadow getting bigger. And I can see his, the way he was walking matched the sound of those footsteps. Holy so shit. I heard footsteps and then I saw the shadow walking towards me. Oh. And I was so frozen in my bed that I couldn't even move. I was so terrified. And then finally the cat jumped up and it scared me so bad that I that I leapt out of that room and I went screaming into my mom's room. I was like, it's here, it's here. And I come in and she's like holding me and she's scared to go back in that room. It was, yeah. It was awful. You and couldn't then, even like, you can't take a gun to that. What are you going to do? Oh it was, God. it was terrifying. Oh I, my God. I mean, it was straight from those scary movies that I would watch. I mean, it was really scary what what <laughs> what happens what what do you do do you just you guys curl up like under the blankets you can't get it like what what well what? i'm crying and my mom's i she may have been crying i don't know i think we i were want all to just cry exhausted but um we finally got up the courage to go in the room and and everything was calmed down and it was gone but that was that was like the climax, the the the, the height of my terror Oy. of that whole experience, and then it 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 never happened again. It just went away. You're that kidding. was the end of it. It just it just stopped happening after that. Oh. So, I don't I don't know 
what that was, but I know that there's something after life that that is there. <laughs> How have we known each other for almost 15 years and I've never <laughs> heard this story? Damn. Yeah, it was it was really But you know what? I I, I as terrifying as it was, I'm kind of, you know, being the horror buff that I am, I'm kind of excited that it happened. And that <laughs> hopefully it'll never happen again. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, my but God. But like, if that stuff starts happening again, it would it, it changes, you know, you you're you don't sleep and it's terrifying. And I don't know. I don't know why that was the last night. But I think I, I feel like I could never be that scared ever again. There will never wow. be a night where I will be more scared than that. Wow. That was like the height of terror. Holy and shit. I think, I think, I don't know if it's that it achieved its goal of scaring the crap out of me or, or what, and my family. But, but that was the Whoa. end of it. Holy cow, Don. <laughs> it was really Holy weird. Holy cow. And, you know, I told my dad about this and, um, he said, he said, yeah, you know, there's, that exists. And I said, oh well, my God. I said, what do you mean? I said, well, what do you mean? And he told me when he was a kid, he lived in, you know, my grandma's house. They actually still lived in the same house until almost until they died. Wow. But um, he was upstairs where he shared a room with his brother and he woke up in the, he told me this story after I told him mine. But he was a kid and they used to, his brother used, they used to horse around and we would play tricks on each other. And he said that, that uh, one night he woke up and his brother Gordon was playing these tricks and popping his head up from uh, from the end of the bed and then popping it back down. And he was, you know, making noises and trying to scare him and whatever. And so he was like, Gordon, cut that out, cut it out. And, you know, he's just a little kid. And he went over and it was dark. And he said that he... Gordon's, you know, he had, he had kind of put his head up at the end of the bed and he said he uh, jumped down to like hit him and his hand went th- right through it. Ooh. <laughs> and so, Ooh. <laughs> so it, oh. I, it, he said it was like a, cl- oh, and I, that's the part of the story. We need to go back. because no. Yes. I forgot to tell you this part after. Maybe you can edit it. I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. We're we're letting this go. (laughs) Oh, my God, Don. So that's one part I forgot. The reason that I was telling you I could see the reflection of the computer screen. Yeah. Like my dad had told me that when he hit what he thought was my Uncle Gordon, it just went through and there was like this white cloud that kind of just dissipated into the wall. And so... That was the the before I got terrified and ran out of my room and the cat jumped, I looked into the computer screen and on the top bunk there was this white cloud <laughs> on the top bunk. <laughs> and that's God. what that's what made me jump out of there. It just went <gasps> through the wall. <gasps> and that's what I mean, the, that and the cat scared me to death. It was yeah. That was yeah, that was the whole point of me telling you that I could see the reflection of the top bunk. Oh. Oi. Yeah. Oi. <laughs> so I I don't know what that's all about. But oh, I really should have poured myself a drink before we started doing this. <laughs> oh my god. Don. Oh my god. How have you never Wow. Yeah. Yikes. So... Okay, so you've you had a 
it's like everything I've found out about, like everything I've learned about Don in the last decade, it's like, oh, also he's a superhero. Like, <laughs> oh, wait, what? Like, no, I, you, I just, I, but I, <laughs> I, I, I it, it proved to me that there's something more than that we can't see. That's, Ooh. and if, I do think it's an afterlife type thing. Now, I, you know, some people say they think it's it's somebody trapped in limbo and they haven't found their way yet, and and maybe that's the case. I don't know. But I will tell you, too, yeah, I was really close with my grandmother, my dad's mom. Okay. And she was from London. And, in fact, when my dad told his mom about the ghost that he saw, which actually he said was wearing a hat. He thought it was his brother Gordon wearing a, like, a oh. one of those Irish hats or whatever they, you know, what they're called. Oh, um, the tam or whatever, the little cap. The yes, cap, the cap yeah. things. So, anyway... Um, when he told his mom, she, she, it came out, well, I don't think she told him as a kid, but it came out later within the family that she would see that same one with the hat on, and she thought that he followed her from England. So, um, so, so I mean, my grandma saw them, my dad saw them, and I saw them. I mean, not them, but, you know, this is just one experience but it was you know in all those cases where we were terrified um but what i was going to say about my grandma anyway the one who she thought followed him from or followed her from england she we used to i was in grade five and i had a paper route and uh we were really close and i would i would after my paper route about 5.30 every day. I'd end it at her house, and then we would watch Golden Girls together. That's, that was our, I mean... That's a grandma. She loved that show, yeah. and so did I. And yeah. so, But it's funny because every time I watch that show now, I feel like she's with me. Do you know what I mean? Like I, 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 and it gives me a lot of comfort because I feel like she is right there enjoying it and mm. laughing at it, you know, and I just feel her presence whenever... I watch that show. So I feel wow. like there is something more to that happens after death. And I don't know what it is exactly, but I, I and I do believe that we have like guardian sort of spirits or something guiding us. That there's something beyond our existence that has some kind of influence that can push things certain ways or encourage things that yeah, it's not just sort of protect we're not just meat suits do going around doing something you think there's an eternal I part do. of this that okay I, I do believe that and i think that we i think that we're guided you know i think about my life and i think about it, it, when you think of you know, how I was then and how things are now and how did we get from there to here? I'm just like, there has to have been some sort of help along the way. Like, how did that happen? I just can't believe I never thought that I would be doing this at this time in my life. And I just, I feel like there has to be some outside influence that sort of guides us or nudges us. And you all, you know, you have this intuition a lot of times in life. Your spider where, sense kind of tingles in the back of your neck of like, I really shouldn't turn down that way. Yeah, like, absolutely. And there are certain people. Yeah, yeah. Where you're just like, mm, maybe I'm going to go the other way yeah. or, or whatever. I mean, that's happened too. I mean, with I've when I was a kid, I I was, and, and I, you know, I 
I didn't mean to be quick to judge people, but this one instance where my mom had one of her girlfriends over and she brought her boyfriend and I just didn't like him. I just, I felt like you just got bad vibes. Bad vibes. Yeah. And I said to my mom after her friend left, I said, I just don't like him. I think he's, there's just, I don't like him. I don't trust him. And, um, the next day she told me that her friend, he had disappeared with my, her friend's checkbook and car. Oy. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that we, I, I mean, I, I think that all of us have so, some sort of intuition or some sort of sense that, um, you know, that, that sort of nudges us sometimes. And I don't know how to fine tune that or anything like that, but I think we all have it. Yeah. And you know, what's sad for me is I feel like I've been sitting on that hand for a long time. Like I've mm -hmm. made that limb go to sleep Yep. and only lately in the past couple of years have I allowed that to kind of like wake back up and say, you know, maybe when you get a bad feeling about somebody, maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe, so. you know, you catch a bad vibe or. And I know, and, and I feel that way too. And then I'm like, well, I, I don't want to like be quick to judge anyone. I don't want to like. I don't want to, you know, you think, well, what if you're wrong? But you still have that feeling. And so I usually would just keep it to myself and, and try to avoid it or whatever. But, you know, have you listened at all to, are you familiar with My Favorite Murder? It's a podcast, two women talking about true crime and... No, but I probably would love it. I would, I will get you set up with that yeah. after the fact here. But one of their mantras has become, stay sexy and don't get murdered. Like... Fuck politeness. If you if the hair stands up on the back of your neck, it's for a reason. If you ever feel like I don't know if I can get out of this without being awkward or impolite, do it. There's a reason that's happening. There are thousands of listeners that have written into that podcast. I mean, there's hundreds of episodes of it where they talk about that exact thing where like they get just a bad feeling from somebody and then it comes to light like three days later that they've got a body stashed in a trunk or like I mean this is a common thing sure and rarely do you hear st stories of you know I left this party because this person's giving me bad vibes and then everybody was just like why did you leave that sucked you ruined everything you never hear those stories it's always yeah. oh yeah it turned out that that guy was uh really abusive and mm -hmm. you know like trust that vibe so I want to uh, the Post all of this. I'm going to get you set up yes, with that. Yes, I love <laughs> it. I think you'd I find it a lot of fun. I would really like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally fascinated by that stuff. But I think, you know, some of those experiences, too, have sort of formed some of the things that I'm really fascinated with. I, I love horror movies. I I get terrified, but I kind of like being terrified. Yeah. And um, and anything that has to do with, um, you know, that, that kind of, um, peeking through intuition. your fingers kind of the, like yeah yeah oh that yeah totally but um i'm just fascinated by that stuff and it's and true crime stuff i'm i mean my stepdad thinks that i'm weird because i like no that is a centuries old thing they used to sell <laughs> tickets to executions this is not a new thing people used to just tramp through crime scenes picking stuff up as they go this is a, <laughs> yeah. a long-standing human tradition that we are a morbid creature i find it fascinating that you have had direct contact with paranormal shit and did not find yourself like i am gonna go to church in the morning and i am going to have a bible next to my bed like that is my in case of emergency break glass like oh. i want to say the lord's prayer of like i don't know if i actually i'm sure i have a bible somewhere in the house sorry dad um but uh, you know like 
Yeah, I, you I see stared, what you mean. Yeah, you stared down that scenario yeah. and still thought, mm, religion's not for me. You know, it honestly, thinking about that, I didn't even cross my mind to, to go to church because of those things. They were so unrelated. It might as well yeah. have been like, oh, there was an, an attack with a moose, and then why would I go to church? It's like these are so unrelated. To me, to yeah. me it is. Yeah. I, 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 I just don't buy into... The dogma and the ritual. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I, I just. It's. It's. I. I buy into right and wrong, and I buy into facts and science, and even though, I mean, you can't prove paranormal activity. It exists. There's weird shit happening, man. And and I know that science can't solve that, but I do believe that that exists. I mean, if I wanted to put on a skeptic's hat and be really shitty and, like, try to poke holes in all of that, I certainly could come up with, like, well, I think it could be this and this and this. And the fact that you were a teenager at the time and your dad was a teenager at the time and you're, like, there's, like, there are definitely things that you could do to poke into it. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I just, you saw how I was freaking <laughs> out silently, but, like, I was smiling, screaming, oh, terrified. My God. Like, I seriously wish somebody could have been there just to see how weird it was. Oh it was God. so, I mean, my mom was, she, you know, I don't even, I, I, I don't even talk to her about it because I know that she'll. It's too upsetting, right? It, well, she'll probably, she would be upset because I think that she fears that by talking about it, it might bring it back. That's definitely an element of some beliefs in you know, quote unquote supernatural that like talking about things gives them power. Like you can make something out of nothing by just Mm, talking about it enough. Kind of like some of the political bullshit we see in this country that like just by talking about an issue, you can make it into an issue or like the compliance stuff you've dealt with at the office where it's like, well, we're concerned that there's not enough uh, allocation for badger concerns. Like nobody's talking about badgers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but I mentioned it. So now it's in the document. Like you were the one that made this up. Like this is, so do you, Holy shit, Don. Seriously. You you come into my house and you say you don't know what we're going to talk about and then you give me this. Like I my wife can never hear this now. Like, oh she, my gosh. She no. will never hear this. This I maybe I told her about this. Oh, I, I severely have. doubt it because she would freak out and be like you're cursed out get now. Oh, I know she did because she wanted me to shut up. She didn't want me to hear it. She didn't want to hear it. Yeah, I know I did. Long time ago though. Holy crap, Don. Oh my gosh. Uh, two things. One, I don't want to push any religion on anybody, but if you're ever interested, I think Unitarianism, Universalist Unitarianism, there's, they're pretty easy peasy, like just community gathering. Like if you're looking oh, right. at all for that, I've been to some Unitarian services where it's like, well, this is pretty accepting. But for me well, personally, I, mean, I, you know. I have a really open mind. What, yes, you clearly. Know, I mean, I, I, I don't rule things out unless I, you know. I, I, I see what's in the news or I see something that proves to me like that instance with the radio station and outing the poor dad of oh, kids yeah. in high school. I see that stuff and I'm like, that is not okay with me and it shouldn't be okay with anyone. It doesn't seem like the work of a loving God, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I don't buy into that stuff and it makes me angry actually. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, I have an open mind for things that might be more in line with my, you know, beliefs, like, like the, what I told you. And I don't really know what the universal is, is, but basically imagine Christianity stripped away of all of the, um, (laughs) all of the trappings of Christianity. And it basically boils down to the golden rule. And and I'm I'm way oversimplifying for universalists. I love the golden rule. I mean, that's pretty much my, yeah. That's kind of the big one, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. just 
treat others how you want to be treated. You mm-hmm. embody that. I think my wife embodies that. Yes. It, the, it's just... And, and religion to me, a lot of organized religions, yeah. will give people reason to discriminate against other people. And that's what I really don't agree with. And I don't agree with, like, I mean... You see on Facebook posts of, oh, against gosh. certain groups of people, and mm-hmm. and they justify it through religion. And I'm just like, how can anybody think this is okay mm. to justify racism or prejudice towards certain religions or is against by other religions? It's not okay with me, and I I don't know why people can't see that that, that that's wrong. I was listening to an interview with somebody who was friends with uh, Harper Lee, who wrote To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes. And he talked about how To Kill a Mockingbird has had way more moral influence on generations of Americans than the Bible, not because of a the Bible is meaningless standpoint, but in the idea of people only reach out to the Bible for reference when they're looking to justify an opinion or a belief, and they're looking for reaffirm, re- reaffirmation of that, whereas opposed to reading To Kill a Mockingbird that's about human understanding of other people and forgiveness and learning about other people, that it's not that so much of religion, and granted this is a few rotten apples spoiling the bunch, you only sure. hear about the bad lawyers, you know, you don't hear about yeah. all of the thousands of good lawyers that do plenty of good work and bill at a normal rate, you only sure. hear about the sharks. Yeah. But that so much of religion is just conveniently done to justify action, you know. But yes. anytime you set up a group of people for anything. Like if we are all just like, hey, we're all the gray shirt club. We're all wearing gray shirts. Well, then all the people who aren't wearing gray shirts, what's wrong with them? Like, guys, just who, this is stupid. Like any, like, <laughs> I don't like joining groups. Yeah. That's yeah. Why this is, I'm on my own down here. <laughs> I get it. That's why I, get I don't it. work at an office anymore. <laughs> Does your sister know about all this stuff? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she knows. She, she... Hindsight, is she like, what the hell? <laughs> I, you know, I haven't brought it up in a long time. And I, I, I think about maybe don't. <laughs> no, I you know what I, I and I, I I guess I don't think about it a whole lot either. But um, but I I just you know if we were like we take trips up north together still to go see our parents and and I'm just imagining myself bringing it up and I think she would probably want me to not talk about it either. You know, it's just it's me. um, yeah. I think that she would be like. Eh. Let's. I it, it it it. I I get it that you know you don't want to bring something like that back, and I don't know if it just talking about. Well, obviously I'm talking about it now, but I you know what when I think about it now, I'm a whole lot different person than I was at twelve. True. And I think it, if it were to happen now, I'd be more curious than yeah. than about than scared. You know, I'd be. I think I would face it a little harder and pull and, out your phone and like, all right flashlight yeah. what are we doing here and what are you trying to tell me or what is this you know are you trying to communicate i yeah. don't know and then you know and then i've wondered sometimes is it is it somebody who's passed recently that we saw and or somebody or, else in the building that was not even aware that they were like astral projecting or like yeah i don't know crazy 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 and but i i, I do think that i guess i feel like i we have all of us have these different spirits around us. I really think that. And, and it's, it's not just one. I think it's that we have, and I don't know if it's ancestors or if it's who it is, or maybe, 
you know, and then there's the whole thing about past lives, which I'm, I don't know, but I, I have an open mind. And, and I think, you know, I think maybe my aunt believes, and I think this is really logical, that, you know, we live this life and it's, it's a trial to see how we can learn and what we can learn to better ourselves. And then we have to relive it and relive life maybe in a different, different life. But until we get better and better as a person and learn the life's lessons that we need to learn to be a better person before you can maybe move on to the next level. And, you know, maybe I don't know if that's the case, but it kind of is an interesting idea. Like, yeah, you know, I, you, you see some real pricks out there and maybe they have a lot to learn and maybe they're going to keep living life until until their spirit learns how to be a better, more accepting or whatever person. And again, think of how that dovetails into what I've said about you so far is that you're an empathetic person who wants to see the good that like somebody's having a bad day and cuts you off in traffic. You don't seem to be somebody who'd be like, that son of a bitch. It's more so like, <laughs> well, I have done that, <laughs> but, but, but for the most part, we are terrible drivers <laughs> in this state, but you know, you're willing to say that person's probably having a really bad day. You yeah. Know? And well, they're probably needing to learn something. Yeah. There have been times where I've had a bad day and I've, I've retaliated in that situation and I probably shouldn't have, but, but yeah, for the most part, I, I think so. And I try to see the good. In fact, I went and saw a psychic once um, when I was pretty young. Well, my cousin and I went together. And I think I was maybe in high school. I don't know. And, and during this time, I was, I was struggling really with coming out. And um, I wasn't quite out yet. But that was, you know, really hard. And this, is, this kind of leads in... Or, ties in with the idea that maybe people have to learn something to, to, to improve themselves because my dad was so not okay with it. Okay. But maybe these people who are prejudiced or grow up being racist, maybe they have to learn, you know, my dad who was completely prejudiced against gay people has a gay son. Maybe that's one of the lessons he needs to learn is acceptance. I don't know. And you know, who knows, but, but, that's the kind of lessons that I am talking about when I think maybe we have to become better people as a as a humankind. Yeah, that that uh, if he's had enough existences where he's not learning the lesson of acceptance and being kind to others, all right, well, this time around, you're going to have a direct white hot instance in your life of like, be kind, right. love somebody for who they are. Love is love. This is not some dumb, archaic, you know, <clears throat> I like right. that. I like that thought of learning through re repetition. I, I like kind of like that too. I mean, who knows what the truth is? But I, I, I think that makes a lot more sense than a lot of things that you find in the Bible. But um, oh, what I was going to say about the psychic? Yeah, she. Um, you know, I was really struggling with do I do I tell people? You know, when when I was young, I I always knew that I was gay, but I I just. I guess in my head I thought I'm just going to hide this part of me forever and it'll go away or, you know, nobody can ever find out because I grew up in a small town. It was such a horrible thing that would, you know, when you'd hear your peers calling each other names or whatever. So 
anyway, I was really struggling with that, and and I I kind of was went to the psychic with the uh, thinking like this is really on my mind. I don't know how to deal with myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was even a time where I thought about suicide, and uh, you know, before I came out, and um, that was a really short, brief thing that. But you sadly, know, decided, not uncommon. I mean, that's yeah. I, but I decided, you know, right away after I considered that that, that I, I'm just going to stick this out and hopefully hope for the best. Glad you did. <laughs> but thank you. But um, and I remember something that she said that really stuck with me. And and I, because you know, I was going to her for for hoping to hear that I was going to be okay, you know, and I didn't want to come out to her either, but. Uh, I remember her saying, you know, it's really interesting. I can sense about you that you, you are, you know, a good person, but the world is not what you need it to be. Ah. And, and that really stuck with me because, and I still think of that all the time is every time something Injust happens. I think the world is not what I need it to be. Yeah, you know, and and um, that's heavy. That stuck with you all those years. Yeah, and 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 then I wonder, well, what is it that I need it to be? Well, I think that I want it to be. I want everyone to be happy. I think everybody should want that. I don't know why you wouldn't. And uh, and I want people to come together, and you know, but but I kind of I think that's what she meant is hmm. that. And for me, in that moment, when I was trying to come out and or deal with these feelings, or do I tell anybody, or will I be thrown out in the streets, or what? I don't know. Yeah, feeling conflicted and 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 I mean, it it didn't make me feel hopeless when she said that that oh. the world is isn't what I need it to be, but it made me understand that um, that I I need to be strong. And I need to just adapt to what the world is and play the game, I guess. I don't know if that's the right phrase, but... No, that's actually really well put. Come on. Give it up. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. Okay. Nice. Well, this has been amazing, amazing stuff. I want to, if, if you're okay, I want to ask just a couple quick more questions just yeah. to kind of touch further on the idea of you've shared some amazing, amazing spiritual stuff, and I cannot thank you enough for it because, A, I've learned so much more about you in just an hour of one-on-one conversation that you know a decade plus of time hanging out that we've not gotten to talk about that kind of thing but from a practical standpoint now you are in a line of work that brings you into a lot of contact with the practicality of end of life that in the financial industry you are somebody who sees not just the emotional impact of, oh no, somebody has passed away. I'm sorry for them. You know, let's go to the funeral and buy them flowers and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. But the fallout of paperwork and uh, things with the government and, Mm. uh, like I said, the practicality of it, is that anything that you've had to put any thought into from your own experience or is it kind of like a, uh, you know, I'm healthy right now. I don't need to. I'm gonna put blinders up and just not think about that. Do you? Does that? You mean for my own demise or? Yeah. Ah, uh, you know. I know that's a heavy, loaded question. After all this, I honestly don't 
think about my own demise as much as I maybe that's, should. No, that's I, a healthy thing because I think the reason I'm <laughs> the reason all this is happening is I'm thinking a little too much about it. But are you? Well, let me put it this way: Have you thought about what you want for a funeral? Like, would you want to have like a a, a church? Um, probably not, but like some kind of ceremony or a celebration of life or. Any thoughts about that? Oh, gosh. I'm knowing that this is not, I do not intend this to be legally binding in no, any sort of gosh. way that <laughs> Ray's going to hear this and think, like, oh, well, I'm supposed to do this now. Like, um, You know, I think, I, I don't think I would want in a, you know what, it doesn't matter to me. To me, I mean, if it's in a church, fine. I don't, I don't, it's a building. You know what I mean? Who cares? I don't care if it's in the building that they call a church wherever the what matters is that my family is getting together and and my friends and hopefully they have maybe some nice things to say i i would hope i would think they would and and, and i i would hope that everybody would celebrate my life um i guess um i mean i i don't want them to spend a lot of money or anything i just uh, you know i there, there's the practicality coming out <laughs> look, look i'm already gone don't don't waste the money there that's not invest this properly but. right no but you know even if it was in a park or something sure. i do want to be cremated oh you do i okay. do yeah i i remember oh, one of my favorite stories growing up i had i was always reading scary ghost stories and whatever but there was this one story and i think it might have been true about um about somebody who was buried in old 1400s in london or, or in england somewhere and and they used to have above the coffins the strings with the bells i think i know what you're talking oh about oh my gosh and then i mean it just creeped me out reading this stuff as a kid well about because how people, people would they would get ill and they would fall into a coma and pretty darn close to death we would be able to slice that line of like are they dead or are they not and people would get buried early oh my gosh so how terrifying can you imagine being stuck in that box oh. underground and, and then, so well and it, yes and that led to uh, you know, I know that they embalm you and all that stuff now, but I want no chance of zombie whatever coming back <laughs> alive. I want to be burnt into little bits. Sure. But <laughs> so. was the one that you were talking about, was it the idea that uh, the person was saying that, like, hey, I'm ringing the bell. Hey, 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 I'm alive. I'm alive. And the crypt keeper or groundskeeper comes to the grave and says, you're saying you're alive down there? Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys buried me. I'm still alive. Is this what I'm – is this – no, this oh. is a different story. So the groundskeeper says, uh, so what's your name? And the person says their name is on the tombstone. He says, yeah, 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 you got to let me out. You got to let me out. I'm okay. Dig me up. And the groundskeeper says, uh, well, according to the date on your tombstone, you died 20 years ago. So I don't know who you are, but we're not digging you up. Ooh, that is creepy. So, I like it. Yeah, I don't know if that was – yeah, but that's – we we will make sure that when you are dead, you are dead. Yes. And, well, the story that I had was, was where they had uh, – I don't know why they uh, – maybe I'm mixing up the stories with the bell and the strings, and then but there was one where they – and I think this really happened where they had to exhume somebody and they could tell that they had – Woken tried out. to get out and there yep. scratches on the coffin inside. Bloody oh my gosh. Yeah. It just makes me sick and uh -huh. awful to think about that. Uh -huh. So so crema cremation for me. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> Good to know.
Good to know. <laughs> I got the willies. It's yes. a bright summer day outside. We'll yes, leave here is. into the sunshine. Before we wrap up, one, I cannot thank you enough. This has been absolutely phenomenal. It'll be really fun to let you know, like, hey, Don, your episode's going to post this coming week. Um, either warn your family or turn off the internet for them permanently. <laughs> like, oh, okay. you know, just to hear different people's reactions. <laughs> like, I'm, I'll post it on social media and stuff, but, like, nobody's going to know necessarily unless you tell them in some circumstances. Oh, so, awesome. Um, but... Is there anything that you would like to just put out to the world as far as like um, you have an opportunity now to put this out on the internet and say, I just want people to blah, like uh, anything from calm down or Mm. work on the zipper merge or, you know, just. I think I know exactly what I would say. I would say. Reboot Golden Girls. (laughs) That too, yes. Cast a new Betty White. And cheers. Oh, oh, Um, God, really? Yeah. (laughs) But I would say um, if you feel in your life that this world is, is not what you need it to be, then, then you can make it what you need it to be. I like that. I like I that very that much. I think you just have to keep plugging away and be strong and make it because you're worth it. You can demand what you want in life and, and go for it. Very cool. Well put. Don, thank you so much for doing this. This was an absolute pleasure. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.